July 17, 2021. It's the Watt for Pedro Show. <laughs>
Lot for Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Start off the show Saturday. with John Coltrane doing I Hear a Rhapsody. And then Leah P., who, like Mother Superior, jumped the gun. You could you could tell people I'm not man alone. Brother Matt still at the Love Garden, the Love Point, Pleasure Point. Sorry, fucking that up. But because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got uh, Matt and Leah Purse. That's right. Welcome aboard. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this music, too. We got to thank uh, fucking the special Brutal Sound Effects crew. That's what it is. Yep, and, and many thanks to Brutal Sound Effects crew for putting this together, yeah. making it happen. Thank Make, you. Making the connect. And uh, I'm really interested on how you got to together to make this sound. So I want to go through each one of your journey through music in a concise way. So who wants to go first? I will go first. Okay. Matt, please bring your yes, earliest musical recollection, please. Uh, earliest musical recollection is <clears throat> um, I, was, I was born in Detroit. My dad was a disc jockey, and he was a jazz disc jockey. So what ends up happening is um, at the time, I was really into Kiss, you know? And I think he was like, yeah, but there's good music. And so he, uh, my earliest memory was he brought over a giant um, box of 45s. And he's like, this is, you know, actually what, what I think you should see study if, if you're going to be serious about music fandom and i'm like no nah, i just like kiss that's all i like and uh he respected that but he was like no nah, no nah, just give this a chance and he i think he always tried to convince me how jazz was better uh but i needed to figure that out on my own and and i didn't gravitate towards the jazz record so then he goes well here, here's a song called eleanor rigby and think if you study this you'll see it's actually better written better performed and i just wasn't hearing it until years later and i was like come on leave me alone i just want detroit rock city and uh, he was right, obviously. Kiss is terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, the way you get to where you are now, sometimes it ain't your choice. Sometimes it is other people trying to trust, but sometimes it's just the reality of the situation that right, adds up right. to all these kind of coincidences and trippy shit. You know, without friction, right? A tire just spins. The car don't move. Uh, yeah. A farmer would tell you if you want a good crop, use a lot of manure. So, I mean, who knows? That stuff that he was supplying you with was some kind of meal for some grist or grist for some meal. Uh, what, I, I, now, he was uh, a DJ, so there's always a lot of music in the house, but, uh, like, listen, uh, uh, there's no players. Yeah, he um, always, well, my mom had a piano, but, like, never played it. But he um, he was a singer, too. So what he would do is um, he would host his jazz show. And then if Sarah Vaughn came through or Billie Holiday or, or anybody came through, Dizzy Gillespie came through, he would be on the bill and singing as, like, an opening act. And then he would introduce them as the MC of the show. So, yeah, I was definitely always around um, as, as, as that goes. I just didn't. So there was a piano in the pad. Did you ever jump on it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just, just, you know, banged away at it and I didn't understand what I was supposed to do at it. And then later they, they got me a guitar. Well, let I, me, I, let me ask you about the piano because, you know, a lot yes. of cats on the show, there was the hell of the piano lessons. Did you have that? Mm, mm, mm. Zero. No, I had guitar lessons. I think the piano, uh, and this is a sad part of it, had to be sold because uh, both parents were out of work for a while. So I think that got sold and okay. was never talked about again. <laughs> so. Okay, but they got your guitar. It's a little more portable, a little more economic. Yeah, there you go, yeah. <laughs> and you did go through the lesson trip. How was that experience for you, Matt? It was frustrating because they... Uh, it was in a place called Royal Oak, Michigan, and they wanted to teach I you. was there once. Yeah, bet. <laughs> Get this. No. 
I can't remember exactly when, but it was during the Kevorkian, uh, uh, Dr. Kevorkian thing. Uh, Dr. By, by, by accident or chance, I was just there where a reporter asked me my ideas on, you know, a uh, volunteer suicide. Yeah. So that's how I know that area a little, <laughs> just a little bit of cut hair, you know. And I like. So what was the first record you bought with your own money? Was it Kiss, Destroyer? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> okay. And, and the I first just... gig you went to see? actually kiss at Cobo Arena and I was way too young but my dad through the radio station was able to get tickets way in the back but uh, my memory of that was that the lights went down and my fear went up proportionate to the sound you know the crowd and they have that kind of you know you wanted the best you get the best and I'm like oh there's no going back like I fucked up I shouldn't be here this is this I don't think I can handle this (laughs) like I just I don't know what to expect well some of that Cobo Uh, Hall ended up on both the Kiss Alive Oh, one yeah. and two, right? That's that one and two. Exactly I don't know right. really two that well, but I remember the first one. It was kind of muddy, yeah. but it had all the songs, and they weren't Correct. playing so slow. Like, you know, me and D. Boone, we saw the, the, those cats about four or five times opening up for people before they even had their record out. We no only saw shit. them once, and it was that record you're talking about. But yep. I remember when the first album came out, it seemed so slow. So, uh, what about? Let me ask about the school thing. Were you in the choir, the marching band, or shit like that? I was in the marching band with a, a bandmate of yours called Steve Perkins. And, Perk. um, yeah, Perk's Perk. one of the most righteous the people I've ever gotten to ever play with. Me too. Val he, guy, uh, but but not <laughs> Detroiter, not a Detroiter, Val, a Val. That's right, he was a Val. So we moved to California when I was like nine years old. And, uh, and being Irish Catholic, I always went to private school. So that um, found me at Notre Dame High School. And so in the marching band, I played tuba. Perk played the tritoms. Sure, Dave sure. Played, and Dave Navarro Dave played Dave was his buddy, and they had a, a hard rock band on the side. Disaster. Oh, that was the main thing, man. We used to <laughs> clown him because it was it was disaster with a Z. Yeah, I know. I know. Perk showed me pictures. and sh- I mean, I didn't know him at the time. I didn't know him until, like, what, early 90s? But beautiful, yeah. man. I've gotten to play so many things. You know, his Banyan band, up uh, three four albums with him and he's just incredible. I, I got to help out with uh, Portal for Pyro and it's still totally. in my life a big time with Peter and uh, Hellride, huh? I've, I've, That's right. Even he's written Peter, some words for this stuff. Okay, Mark so yeah. you were on the tuba, so you were working some bass clef. That's right, the uh, sousaphone, which is a little harder than the tuba, but yeah, so there are wraps like, around you. What's a little easier to carry? It, oh yeah, <laughs> so I had a plexiglass tuba. And uh, yeah, man, that's that's that was just to keep me in school because band you would get you kind of get an A if you just showed up, and so that helps float my GPA and, and kind of keep me enrolled. Also, there, prac, so. right? You, you get to do prac. Did you learn how to read? Yeah, yeah, that actually was where I was like, well, I gotta do it, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I heard about the it. marching thing, the, uh, the bone and the low end shit like that had the big mouthpieces so marching was you know the little mouthpieces like trumpet and especially french horn fucking really hard to walk with march with yeah that's what my buddies told me i never did it i never i never but you know (laughs) whatever you were working those fucking wool suits you know i still i go to the uh, new year china uh lunar parade and they'll have dudes even pedro schools will come up there and march and you see them in those big wool fucking thick things it's hell man it's hell i i I nearly passed out more times than i can remember okay matt what do you do after school not like graduate but in the afternoon the garage band, the basement band, the bedroom band. 
I'll tell you what we did. We went home and 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 watched um, public access. So it was, it was wrestling and Wally George. If you remember the Wally George, yeah, thing. Orange County. But you mean you didn't do music for for fun? Uh, I, yeah, but it's not worth talking about. Cause it was okay, shit. <laughs> it, it was terrible. He he won't no, talk about it. Talk. I get in trouble if I talk about it. So yeah, it's, it was terrible. Okay, totally okay. Then I'll embarrass myself instead. Okay, I only wrote one song <laughs> as a teenager. It was called "Mr. Bass King of Outer Space," and it was about doing a bass solo and blowing the rest of the band off stage. Okay, <laughs> I already I already think it's better than anything else. Like, we had a band called the Bright Orange Band. All we did was copy Blue Oyster Cult and, wow. uh, uh, you know, uh, some McCreens and uh, Alice Cooper. Yeah. and Yeah, because yeah, nobody in those days wrote their own songs to the movement. No. Yeah, we just no. fucking did. Here, I want to play from, uh, well, I don't know the makeup yet of the thing, but this list's only Leah P. And it's something called Greased yeah. Rubber. <laughs>
Thank you. 
Live from Pedro Show, we start off that chunk of music with Leah Pete and Greased Rubber. Then brand new from Midwife, Colorado. Wharton Tears from his new release, Polly Psy. Wharton Tears, beautiful man. Drummer man, also ran Studio Fun City, New York, 80s. Got to record Bob Quine. Uh, Parallel System, System 26 from Rabutan Project. This has got Brian Lucas, Howard Stelzer, Ali Robertson, Glenn Galloway, and Eric Hardiman. And Salamander, Threadbare Reason, Front, Fifi Armageddon from Bombas Prandon. Sam Locke Ward featuring Andy Cattell with I Cannot Face You, Al Margolis with Nights in the Forest. And finally, again, Leah P. with Untitled Stray Dog number two. Leah, it's your turn now, since Matt refuses to talk about any more of his embarrassing shit. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's your turn. (laughs) Let me use the fucking mental pry bar on your privacy. No, remember, it's a Watt for Pedro show. There are no hard questions, and there's no wrong answers. So please bring your earliest musical recollection. Um, my, my earliest recollection of music? I think that was the question. Okay, I, I couldn't hear you. Matt was talking to me at the same time. Okay, um, back, that's what backhands were invented for. <laughs> 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 nah, nah, nah. Um, I, you know, it's... Like the, I'm just gonna talk, say Billy Corgan. Like that's that's the first thing that comes to mind is Smashing Pumpkins when Chicago. I was like 12 years old. But okay. prior to that, I mean, it was just like my mom, whatever she was playing, which was usually like The Police or Sting or Elton John. Um, and my dad played a lot of like country classic stuff, but I I couldn't even tell you what that was or anything. Well, but, well yeah. let me ask you, like I asked Matt, was there instruments in the pad? Um, there was, but I wasn't really allowed to play with them. Okay. My mom, uh, my mom was into the piano because yeah. of Elton John, um, and she did teach piano lessons. Um, what about you? A little bit, but what about it, you? Did it, she it, teach you? What's that? Did she teach you or try to? Um, she tried to, but it, she was such a crazy lady that you know it, it was just <laughs> something that didn't continue. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, did so you do? That, that did you do? Didn't, uh, didn't go on. Can I ask if there was independent study? Did you hide? Well, you weren't allowed, so you had to sneak. Huh? What was the first record you bought with your own money? Siamese Dream. Oh, well, oh that's uh, the, the that singer. Um, that's Matching Pumpkin. Yeah, so that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And the first <laughs> gig you saw. Uh, well, the very first one, my dad took me to New Kids on the Block, but Whoa. we were. We weren't really into it, so we left. Uh, we left really early. We were just like, but you know what? New Edition was a little better. I think they had the same yeah, manager. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were both just like, this is really silly. Um, there's like these twenty-year-old dudes running around with their shirts off, and yeah. But yeah. I wonder, I wonder if that didn't happen, would there be K-pop today? Ooh, especially my, no, not just them, but Mike Jackson, especially. But after them, I think some in the Disney farm system, the, yeah. the way you bring up kids, why they have the Jackie Coogan laws, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, parents milking their kids. You know, yeah. You know, right. right? Yeah. Britney's having a big war with her daddy now over this. So what about at school? Were you in the choir, the marching band or shit like that? Um, probably up until I got too cool for school. Yes, I was in choir. I was really into singing, even though I, I'm not a good singer. 
Yeah, but there's something about it, right? Expressing yourself, getting out feelings. and I, I think so. I think it was an excuse to do something after school and not be home. <laughs> oh, okay, <than> <laughs> okay. Or the other classes in school that might not be as fun, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Did you do any of this garage band, bedroom band, basement band? Not after school I graduate, but in the afternoon. Um, Not really. Also, like, just kind of being over school so early in life, I was more concerned on like helping my older friends throw these raves in Tucson, Arizona. So I was just more like into, I guess, the structure of setting up festivals as my free time as a teenager. I, I don't know a better way. <laughs> no, no, it's really important. People think yeah. it's all about the people on the stage, but what about the people who build that stage? Yeah, that's, <laughs> you that's know what I mean? Really like, yeah, yeah those... people, yeah, I think it comes from, uh, well, it's just a human thing, but it really gets reinforced by these remote controls. We think the whole world works this way. I, I said, change the channel. You know, that's all. Uh -huh. Yeah, you just press a button and things happen. You know, <laughs> all these men behind the curtain. Okay. So yeah. so that, that's still part of making a gig, I think, a, a gig maker. Yeah. Okay. Well, man, how did you guys meet? Oh, me and Matt. We, um, I was working at a coffee shop in his neighborhood, and Matt would angrily come in every day, sometimes three times a day, and order like eight shots of espresso. And I'm not even lying, even though he was a total jerk, I was like, that's, that is my future husband. Uh, <laughs> it was so, really so, weird, but it, yeah. It wasn't a musical. First, it wasn't a musical connect. No, but our first dates were definitely completely revolved around that. And I think because we had such specific niche interests that it just was like a natural thing. Like one of our first dates was a, a noise versus like crust core show in a friend's like basement before he built it up into a studio. And we went to like a boutique pedal shop, I think, as our very first date. Yeah. Pedals? You mean uh, devices for, like, guitars? Yeah, yeah, like uh, effects pedals for guitars and stuff. Um, because at this time, Matt, you were you would work in guitar, right? Well, no, I mean, by this time, that when Lee and I met, I had shed any interest in doing music or, or even listening to music, so I was really dedicated to, um, to just anything that I could either build my own instrument or use a pedal to... Uh, create noise noise experimental if you will ah uh, so, instead of yeah. the pedal treating the sound it's actually the source of the sound yeah that's precisely okay, right okay. yeah so having been a fan of it in the 90s you had mason jones on recently i, I would say yeah that, yeah yeah he was very cool people very very and so at the time like in the 90s that's what i, I would follow like mason's label and and you know just whatever's going on in la at the time which wasn't a lot it was like solid eye lafms damien romero and and obviously carolina um when they would come down here so, uh, is that rick potts yeah rick rick potts and his brother and right yeah, yeah rick and joe uh, yeah. always been on the experimental so what, what, what let me ask you what what it was personal it was mason jones's music I'm, I'm trying to find out the gateway drug oh the gateway drug was was uh john zorn so yeah, ah, so, john zorn yeah great, yeah great so I, I was into um like everybody I go from Husker Du, Minutemen, to Sonic Youth. I discover Sonic Youth through SST, obviously, and Dinosaur. And then from there, I'm into John Zorn and whatever anyone can send me from Pier Platter in New Jersey or whatever's happening on the East Coast. And I'm, I go to Aaron's Records and my friend Damien, who I, you probably know Damien Romero from Slug. Oh, yeah. Um, he was doing the experimental buying there. And he's like, well, if you... If you like John Zorn, you're going to love Yamatsuka Eye and the Boredoms and UFO or Die and Hana Tarash and proceeded to load me down with like every import CD. 
And I guess he was getting them from Mason, who would travel to Japan, and That's then he right. would bring them back. He discussed um, some yeah. of that, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, told yeah. Me so put that, out, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Makoto, a of that game, right? Mo Mokoto Kawabata's the first solo record, Mainliner, right? And I just got to record with him and Scotty Irvin, uh, trading files. Uh, but let me well, ask you this, Matt. Was this like, I want to listen to all this stuff, or I want to make music? Uh, to yeah. go, not, not, you know, copy them, but I want to be part of this. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? It's like I could, I could try to copy music, I and mean, that's the easy thing. You could learn the chords to a song or whatever, but you can't necessarily copy noise. But I, I think my aim was to shed myself of any musical. Like if my instinct was to provide a beat or a musical element to something. I wanted to to shed that. Like I, I still to this day, I, feel I you know, there's noise and noise music, and I think the two are totally different. You know, it's kind of like. I don't know. I, 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 that was my aim was to shed any musical anything. It's still well, a, musical. Um, you mean like what came before? But, but like what I'm guessing, it's like you're feeling like this is a bunch of cliche shit. I, you know, at the time, I kind of did. I mean, look, no, no, I understand. I got involved yeah. with the movement for the same reason. But right, right. The, the the different <laughs> primer. The primer was arena rock. Okay. Right. But right, but that's right, the right, same right. thing because it's kind of a rock yep. and roll killer. You know, it, it's just too. Full of fucking rules and shit. Totally. And so, right. So, right. So the line, this is Bob Dylan to me, doesn't mean you're going to imitate Bob D Dylan no. or it doesn't mean it just means it hits the same as Bob Dylan must have hit to the people when Bob Dylan was, you know, like yeah. 61. That's a, so to me, you know, Merchbo is Bob Dylan to me, you know, whatever. Fuck, I'll tell you, here's a Bob Dylan thing. Yeah. Ron Ashton, right? His birthday's today. Oh, yeah. And also this is oh, day John Coltrane passed away, so... But any, it's weird about that. But Ronnie told me seeing Bobby Dylan at his high school, and uh, he had a corduroy coat, smoked a pipe at <laughs> 16 years old. Yeah, Ron Ashton, Stooges guitar. Yeah, it's a trip how we get to where we're at. Uh, but we're at, we're at the end of the first hour, July okay. 17, 2021 edition of Watt Pedro Show. Special guest Matt and Leah. Hold tight for hour two. July 17, 2021. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
The traditional exchange of gifts. The ash was excellent. And we fell down like snow. Uncontrollably, we melted. Inconsolably, a hundred blood tests. I wish I could reach out and pluck you from the sky, an eye for an eye. Helpless introspection. I'll try again. It might be time. To be honest. started to fall You barely spoke to me at all All swaddled up In seriousness Where'd you go?
Pedro Show. Started the second hour off with Slogger, Leah Pete. Then Ben Salter with The Ash Was Excellent out of Tasmania. Luca Sabella from nearby Sydney with Waterloo. Then Leah P with Jerk Circuit. Okay. So uh, there's the coffee shop encounter, the coffee therapy for anger. Yeah. (laughs) Treatment, anger management. Get, yeah. get even more fucking nervous. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but after you break the ice with that shit, when do you start collaborating musically together? Um, I think that was probably just from everybody asking when that was going to happen. You know, nobody's uh, asking about the babies; they're just asking when we're actually going to collab. So it finally happened in what 2015. Maybe, I mean, yeah. This is way after the uh, visit to the pedal shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've been hanging out for a while, and and I was very, um, very, like, on the foundation of, you know, working more just really solo and independently on my own so I can make sure I have a a well-developed foundation for my own project and then, you know... Just, just making sure that that was solid on its own, and I think maybe Matt was probably feeling the same way, and then it just eventually kind of, kind of happened. I think when we all, when we eventually became very comfortable in our own foundations and who we are as individual artists, and then being able to come together and not having to, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, basically, like not having to change our sounds to meet together but just having our own individual sound just meet really well together. So I think it, it just happened kind of perfectly in the way it was meant to happen. Not, not really a compromise, more of a dog pile. There you go. Yeah, okay. yeah. Dog it's pile. just like, now, it, you know, he has his own chaos style, and I definitely have my own. And it's just like two people who are very, like, stubborn naturally anyways, just kind of like, you know, butting heads, but with sounds. Now, did it start with performances or was kind of a prac band at first oh i you know i some i kind of feel like it was wasn't it grux who was like y'all got some more time for the show like yeah. just play together we, we played up in uh, uh at the god waffle Pank the rainbow thing. bridge place and we but we performed individually and then yeah he said go ahead and and you guys just play together and so i think that might have been the first time like so so the, think- there was no like you know two people alone in a pad just pracking. This is the first time you actually was in front of people. Yeah, yeah, we just kind of got forced into it. Rux is really good. Like, not many people talk me or Matt into anything. Uh, but he's he's pretty good at just, like, being like, okay, and now you do this. Now, what was so, that first gig like? It was really fun, and it was comfortable. And it was, um, I don't know, I just like the space. And Rux is really good at making you feel feel comfortable yeah, when you're and maybe uh, him doing just foi- something. Maybe him foisting that situation on you. You didn't yeah. have time to be kind of apprehensive or, or, yeah, or, or, yeah. or, or make expectations. Uh-huh. Probably. I can see that. <laughs> but, but we did practice after that because then we played the yeah. International Noise Conference. So we did go and like yeah. rent out a, a rehearsal studio and do that. Well, would uh, you think that, that event or that voice by Grux was the kind of the launching pad springboard probably yeah i I would think for actually doing uh sounds together yeah that was definitely the 
the, the diving board for that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's dive off into the surveillance capitalist tune. Yeah, there you go. You got it. Actually, this is this has got a different band here. This says unsubstantial social condition. That's me. <laughs>
Uh, for Pedro Show, that chunk of music started off with unsubstantial social condition with surveillance capitalists. Uh, you ever wonder why after your fake look visit, you're seeing shit you're hankering for? Yeah. yeah. Schneller, <laughs> Troller, Meyer after that from Switzerland. Uh, tectonics, a sore point. <laughs> mm. That's a Swiss way of being funny, right? Emmanuel <laughs> with California people. Yeah, they were great cats here on the show last month. Manuel Armida, the guy from Mexico City, but he's living up in Yellowknife, Northwest Territory, not even a province or state, people, right? Uh, beautiful, but I was up there once. Ramblin' Rumble. And finally, again, unsustainable social condition with live at Ochi. Yeah, Ochi Soup. Now, Matt, you got to uh, enlighten us to what this unsustainable social condition unit is about. Yeah, yeah it's um, it's just my solo efforts <laughs> uh, at doing um, harsh noise. I mean, it, it's every song title and every every even the kind of ridiculous name of 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 the act is is kind of meant to be. Um, I don't know, a bit of a, I don't know, like a piss take on, on not taking myself too seriously. But kind of provocative? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally provocative at the same time. Yeah, exactly right. I I, I mean, everything's a social commentary. But on the other hand, it's like humor is our savior. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, like, you can't say a track. It seems ridiculous to give a track a title because they should all be untitled. It's like you wouldn't hear. I don't think I'd hear a harsh noise track and then be able to tell you the name of it. So the names are like chapter titles. For me, and whatever it is that is on my mind at the time comes out in the in the chapter title. And when do the titles it. come? After you compose, uh, or before? Yeah. After, absolutely, yeah. I asked that because Watt has to do it before. That's how I write songs. Really? I know everybody fucking says. You know, there's two things I know I can get a reaction if I tell them that I write titles first, and then the first gig me and D Boone saw is T Rex. Wow! See, Holy. I can say both those things, and I. <laughs> I mean, that is that is kind of both are incredible. I feel like well, I maybe because I compose on bass, I need a title to like give me an anchor point, so I can get, bring everything to focus to aid and abet to realize that tune. And 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 that's true with every uh, like with every iteration of any song you ever write. That's crazy. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You know, bass is where you put the lane guy anyway or something. <laughs> uh, it's like right field yeah. literally. Anyway, so how how long has unsubstantial uh, social condition been going on? Well, it, uh, 2015 was the first show. I, it, it started as a offshoot of another solo thing I was doing called Finian. And um, that was more like tape loops and, and found like springs and magnets and, and, but I wanted to do something extremely harsh noise, uh, or noise core or both at the same time. So yeah, I started probably about then just doing live stuff. And, um, I recorded, uh, the first release with a drummer called Josh Taylor, who was in friends forever. And I want, I want to say that one. Oh, man. And he's a great drummer. So we just recorded a bunch of drum uh, noises in his... In, 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 oh, it was Foot Village. Foot Village. Yeah. 
And um, so I just recorded his drums in his garage, and then I went and I just cut them all up. I just cut it up so that you couldn't recognize it as drums unless you really leaned into it. So that was kind of the beginning of that. But now it's 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 ex- it's almost exclusively harsh noise with almost no you know detectable movement, <laughs> but um, it's ever changing. So yeah. Like, and there's you don't use another human being again. No, no, no. I, I, I'm not against it, but yeah. In the beginning, I did. I played with uh, with Josh, and then another guy called Kieran Aurora when we did live shows. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough to like, because then you, you want to um, get together to practice, but that becomes really difficult. People living all over and stuff, so and expensive. So yeah, so but yeah, it's just me. The the just the portability of being a man alone, Praj. Yeah, and right for traveling and touring. So when we go to Japan, it's it's just easy. It's just two suitcases and have a good time. Um, so so much easier. Yeah, no doubt. Right, right. And uh, does unsustainable social condition ever collab with Leah P? Uh, no. When we do collab, it's called um, of the skull. So that's kind ah, of you our, didn't but, send me any of that. No, I didn't because you know why we've never recorded it. Yeah, we all haven't it's only, recorded it's exclusively live acts. You mean so. you haven't recorded yet? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's there. You, well, maybe you'll be the conduit for that. Okay? Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, you'll, maybe you'll force a recording upon us. Okay, that's right. We're at the end of the second hour, July 17, 2021. Just what Peter's so special guest, Lee and Matt. Hold tight for our free. July 17, 2021, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
lot for Pedro's show. Start off the third hour. Fanian, this was the predecessor to unsustainable social condition people. And a tune called Phenomenology. After that, from Fukuoka, the born shit stirs. And the plural vinyl is vinyls. And uh, I'm, I'm actually on that. One, the one note that everybody's playing together for, yeah, I think it's a 16th note. Or an nice. <laughs> kind of Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still under mix. It's kind of mime. <laughs> Unsustainable social condition with rat lines. Is this the rat lines I get the Nazis out into Latin America and shit? That's exactly what it is. Okay. I do a lot of reading. And I okay. think I got that one from a great book called Chess, Devil's Chessboard. Really heavy, right? They, uh, maybe the Vatican's uh, really weird. I've read some stuff about that. And, uh, yep. Those were intense times, late 40s. And, yep. Um, so so that informs a lot of your compositions, the stuff you, you literature? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, is I, it I both? Have... Is it fiction and nonfiction or, or just nonfiction? I'm almost exclusively nonfiction. Like yeah, Dee Boone. Like Dee Boone. Yeah. yeah. In fact, totally. I never really. <clears throat> Read history till I met him, except encyclopedia, and then I really got into it because he liked it. Uh, yeah. So, Finian, what you gave me here was an older piece, or is it still yeah. active? Proj? It's it's not active, but it could be at any at any time. It just hasn't been active for a very long time because I need to find a way to to make a, a sound under that moniker and and be happy with it. But yeah, it's not been active for a minute. You mean you mean there's as man alone, you have two ways. You have the Fenian way and the unsustainable social condition way. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. And then when you collab, there's another way with uh, Leah. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I, that's exactly right. I, 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 although I would say there's, it's indistinguishable what I'm doing with Leah yeah. from unsustainable social condition. It's it's totally indistinguishable. And to prove that point, I want to play Human Salvage.
from P-Dreb Show, last music for this edition, Unsustainable Social Condition with Human Salvage. Then Uns, which was a side project for uh, the great late Zav. Incredible cat, mainly a percussion man, but this was a side project. Uh, Blake Edwards we had on the show a little while ago, and he took care of Brother uh, Zav in his last years with the cancer and shit. And he provided me with a lot of this stuff. This is from Ritzy Cinema in Brixton, England, October 2nd, 1982, part two of two. Yesterday was part one. When you look at a thing, it's kind of his spiel, uh, Praj, more than the percussion. You know, he would hang these pieces of metal and almost get killed by the shit as he was doing the performance. Yeah, he was... I think there's some uh, video. I think uh, Target Video up in the city did some Zeph. I, one reason why I always, and maybe why Blake Edwards sent me all this stuff, and I'm such a fan, because getting into the movement, you know, it wasn't just fast guitars. I'm nothing wrong with fast guitars and, and funny haircuts, and but it was like, let anything happen. Yeah, was, absolutely. Zev was one of the, the examples of of that by doing, not just a, a slogan, but he, he put it into practice. And, you yeah. Know, he one of the really pioneers. And if... You know, down the road was emo and power pop or punk. Or, <laughs> <the fuck? laughs> yeah. I don't think we can blame cats like him. <laughs> no. And no. always got to remember, Pat Boone sold more Tutti Fruities than Lil Richards. Just humans, you know. Where's <laughs> the fucking justice? When the last poets were told with just us is just us. Yeah. Just yeah. us, right? Uh, so, Leah. Yes. The next Leah P. You said one of the first tunes I played on today's show was from the new record. Yes. Well, let's hear about the new record. Oh, okay. So it's um, it's basically uh, one of uh, I'm usually don't have a very thought out concept or anything like that when I do a release. It's usually just kind of my standard cut up noise. But with this one, uh, we had recently lost our English bulldog of 11 years. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just really having a hard time with all those aspects that come with grief. Uh, when you lose somebody that you love so much. So, uh, it just kind of just, you know, when I was feeling like a loss of identity, uh, because I, I, you know, this, this dog was my freaking life. Like anybody who's, who's known anything about me and Matt over the last 11 years knows that Dougal, the bulldog, he was our life. So, excuse me. Um, But yeah, it just was recorded under like feelings of loss of identity, uh, you know, just worrying about his journey in the afterlife. Um, Just um, certain moments like greased rubber is literally about a time that I had left um, a bunch of balloons on the floor after a birthday party for Matt and just let this dog just destroy all these balloons. And it was, it was just so crazy sounding and just so funny. Um, yes. And then, you know, just, just various, various things that you process and go through when you're grieving. So that's, that's basically the whole, the whole album. So in a way it's kind of tribute or memorial to him. Yes, definitely. 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 He is, he was such a cool dude and he just, you know, wanted to hang out and go to shows. And if it wasn't, too loud he would actually go in and and watch people play and he just you know he was really in the scene and we have actually performed with him and 
let him go after a big piece of sheet metal and, you know, scratch his butt with little contact mics and get sound from just petting him. And he was just a fun little dude. So, yeah, it, it's definitely in tribute for him. <laughs> and I think when a work is connected to a life force like that, it, it, it gives it another perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, a different uh peek at guess at who I can be as a individual artist and and a lot of vulnerability that I don't let come out at all in that in that kind of way. In, right. In that and when you, now when you perform this stuff in a way, those feelings, but maybe people people don't know exactly, right? You're not wearing them on your sh- shirt sleeve, you're using them as a part yeah. of your expression. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's uh yeah, it's but it's been it's been really cool. I, I'm really proud of this release. Even though it's different, I was I was scared because you know that w- even ha- releasing something so vulnerable for me was still another kind of avenue of being vulnerable. Where it was like, oh, now I feel like I'm really exposing myself, and what if people are like, oh, this sucks? And <laughs> well, <laughs> that's really- it took me twelve years to write about De Luz and De Boone. You know, it took twelve <laughs> to get the courage up to do the first opera. So I, can, I I'm not saying I exactly know what you mean, but it is yeah. it is scary. It is. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to do that. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes it takes a little time. Like Mr. Uh Wells said, right? No wine before it's time. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of time, how long did it take you to record the whole baby? Oh, gosh, probably just a a few months because it it was coming out so fast. And I have a really, really hard time recording. I don't like it. I don't like putting out releases. It's it's a permanent record unit for forever it's like you know so uh, you mean as opposed to a gig that goes into the air <laughs> yeah yeah and and a lot of times i i would prefer to just have my live gigs as my releases because that's when i know i can't fuck up like i have to do my best sometimes that doesn't happen but you know i if i had a choice i would prefer to release yeah, just live that was a big motivation for us young Minutemen, you know, the idea yeah. of the gig. Even putting out records, they were just flyers to get people to the gig. The gig yeah. was everything. Yeah. <laughs> it was everything. But now when I look back, it is, you know, if I want to hear D. Boone, at least there's a record. You know, if we didn't do them, it'd be all stuff yeah. that's in the air. So, you know, like a lot of human things, it's mixed up with stuff. So I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can people find out about you and Matt on the Internet? Do uh, you want to give them? Because I'm not sure the exact. Yeah, so, I mean, just a Google search for Oxen Records. You mean a search uh, engine search. Uh, a search. <laughs> yeah, you're oh, right. yeah, search yeah. engine oh, only. No, 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 you're right, you're right. They're already, we're search already working. Search. We're working for them without even getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> of all people, I'm, I'm spouting this shit. Yeah, yeah no, that's uh, <laughs> a search engine. You know who really gets rough on that? Ian Mackay. He won't um, yeah, yeah. No kidding. No, no plugging the corporations. Well, that's all right. Uh, uh, it's okay. Uh, busted, but busted is, there, is, there, is there a Matt and Leah website? No, it's all Oxen Records. Because in addition to doing okay. noise, we also do a, a noise label. Yeah. Um, and it happened to well, for a let, few let, years. Let, so. let me know that. O-X-E-N dot com? Uh, it's O-X-E-N dash label. Okay, O X E N dash or hyphen people, L A B E L dot com. Yeah. Okay, so th- that's great. So you you release other folks too. Okay, uh, so absolutely. To get the news on them, and then uh, yeah, if you're going to real, uh, you know, revitalize 
Fedian? Well, if you do, uh, come back. No, I'm, I'm I'm putting this invite out to you, Matt. Come, let's come, come on the show and we'll talk about it. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Yeah, you should do uh, Leah Fedian. Okay. Okay. Leah <laughs> Fedian. Yeah, that that'd be a yeah. I mean, you know, the possibilities are endless. I know. I know. We could talk, we could talk about uh, James Connolly. We could talk about Patrick Harris and yeah, all that stuff. Absolutely. And Perk. Yeah. <laughs> Love that, yep. man. Love. People, it's been July 17, 20, 2021. Dish, why Pedro should keep you powder dry.